I'm Elizabeth Ray, and welcome to my podcast, Authentic Elizabeth. We will discuss all things mental health, including eating disorders, trauma, EMDR therapy, and intuitive eating. Thanks for listening. Today, I wanted to talk about codependency or enmeshment in the family of origin and in other relationships. Enmeshment is a psychological term originated from Salvador Mnuchin. He used the term to describe families where personal boundaries are diffused, subsystems undifferentiated, and overconcern for others leads to a loss of autonomous development. In other words, family members are emotionally fused or connected in an unhealthy way. So I imagine some of you might be thinking that this sounds like a strange concept, one that doesn't maybe quite make sense. How can a family be too close? I think we often look at families and if we see a really tight, close-knit family, that's something that we um, aspire to. And is there really such a thing as being too close to the point where it's unhealthy? And I'm here to tell you that it is not only possible But unfortunately, I see it regularly in my work. So how does it show up? One of the most common ways that it shows up is between parents and children. Enmeshment is something that is really difficult to see if you are in it, especially if you are younger, if you're an adolescent or a teenager or just becoming an adult, it can be really difficult to think that maybe a close relationship is too close. Becoming an adult, it can become clearer at that point as you're able to kind of differentiate yourself or work on differentiating yourself from your parents, what your values are versus their values, that type of thing. And I know that for me, um, this was really very true. I was very unmatched with my mother growing up. We were super close. We were best friends. And I was best friends with her as a child and a teenager and into my early adulthood. And looking back now, I can see that this was a huge red flag. But at the time, I just thought our relationship was special and different than others. Um, Really had no clue that it might be a little too close, that it might be unhealthy in any way. So what are some of the ways that this can show up? Parents expect their children to follow their spoken and unspoken rules into adulthood. Parents can depend on their children for emotional support. Ways that that would show up is to have their children fulfill their dreams, expectations that their children go down a certain career path, believe a certain way, talk a certain way, act a certain way. And so some of the signs might include shared emotions, an unclear identity, guilt, shame, and anxiety when meeting your own needs versus providing emotional support to others, intense fear of conflict, and inappropriate rules. There's a book by Pia Melody which is called Facing Codependence. And I would really highly recommend this book. Um, She's done a lot of work and research in this area, and there could be a lot of growth that can come and introspection from reading this book. 
And something that she talks about is the five core symptoms of codependence. One, difficulty experiencing appropriate levels of self-esteem. Two, difficulty setting functional boundaries. Three, difficulty owning our own reality. Four, difficulty acknowledging and meeting our own needs and wants and being interdependent with others. And five, difficulty experiencing and expressing our reality moderately. I know that for myself, um, many of those were things that rang true for me. I struggled with self-esteem. I don't think growing up that was something that I thought I struggled with. Um, But I realized that a lot of the validation and areas that I looked for my self-esteem was outside myself rather than inside myself. And as we know, if that's where we're getting our self-esteem, it is very short-lived. It is in constant need of feeling um, pleasing others so that we can receive continual validation and is not really the best way for us to see ourselves. If we like ourselves for who we are, then we don't need to seek that regular validation from others because really we can get it from ourselves and understand that we are lovable just the way that we are. Boundaries. So I think boundaries, this can show up in different ways for different people, but there's all kinds of boundaries. There are personal boundaries, there are professional boundaries. um, And boundaries is just this idea where, well, it's the idea that you can say no, that you don't owe somebody something, that you're not required to say yes to things when you don't want to do it. And honestly, you can say no and don't need to give an explanation. This was a a life lesson for me as well. I was very much somebody who said yes, Um, didn't really ever consider whether or not I wanted to do something, but grew up with the expectation that you said yes. And so that's what I did. Uh, Many times at a cost to myself and my own needs. And I think the other thing that that leads into that Pia Melody spoke about is this difficulty acknowledging and meeting our own needs and wants and being interdependent with others. I had difficulty knowing what I wanted because what I wanted was very tied up in what I thought my mother wanted me to do. That perfectionist piece shows up um, often in these types of situations where your expectations aren't your own, but rather somebody else's. And if you think about that and take a step back and look at that, that can show up in a way that you really aren't living your own life. You're living a life that you believe someone else expects you to live. And in doing that, it's really hard to like yourself or to know yourself or be true to yourself. And I think those are such key things to have in relationships and in our life, and this idea that we need to please others keeps us from being truly happy in the sense that 
our happiness is dependent upon whether someone else is happy with us or somebody else is telling us that we can be happy because we've made the right choices in our life. So just something to think about there. I also want to go back to this book again by Pia Melody and kind of discuss um, another area that she that she talks about. So in this codependence or this enmeshment piece, we can have symptoms that show up in our lives that sabotage us. And she talks about the ways that it showed up for herself. And so I just kind of want to go over some of those because I think those are really important and key points. Negative control. We give ourselves permission to determine someone else's reality for our own comfort. It's a big one. We give ourselves permission to determine someone else's reality for our own comfort. Resentment. We have a need to get even or punish someone for perceived blows to our self-esteem that cause us shame about ourselves. Distorted or non-existent spirituality. We have difficulty experiencing connection to a power greater than ourselves. Avoiding reality. We use addictions, physical illness, or mental illness to avoid facing what is going on with us and other important people in our lives. Impaired ability to sustain intimacy. We have difficulty sharing who we are with others and hearing others as they share who they are with us without interfering with their sharing process or with what they share. So I thought that was really interesting that this is how these five core symptoms that were discussed earlier can sabotage our relationships with others and with ourselves. And now not all of those are going to ring true for everybody. I, I completely understand that. But some of them might, and that might be something worth reflecting on. Differentiation. So what does that mean? If we are enmeshed or in a codependent relationship, we have difficulty making our own decisions or can have difficulty making our own decisions can have difficulty knowing what our wants are, what our needs are, what our values are, because so much of that is tied up in what someone else's are. If my mother or the person that you might be thinking of um, believes that you ought to act a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way, go down a certain career path, it's hard to differentiate because how can you be separate from that person in that true sense and be living your life for yourself if so much of it is determined by what they want what their needs are what they feel is important so that's that's something I would um, hope that we can each reflect on and think about our own lives and are we differentiated that doesn't mean that we can't get close to other people, that we don't value other people's opinions or feedback. That's always so important. And with all of that, are we still able to make a decision for ourselves? Have it be what we really want? Do we know what we really want? Intense fear of conflict. Um, this is something that many people struggle with. I think the word conflict gets a bad rap. 
I understand. It sounds like a scary word. It sounds like something that is going to be fighting or something of that nature. And I let's use different verbiage. Let's say communication and appropriate um, conflict. So what I mean by that is, are we able to express our needs and our wants to others? Are we able to tell somebody no, if we don't want to do something? Or is this fear of conflict or this fear of not having peace so strong in our lives that it keeps us from really being able to speak up for ourselves? If you struggle to say, yes, this is what I want. Yes, this is what I need. No, this isn't what I want. And just kind of go along for the sake of keeping the peace. This also comes at a cost, some cost to ourselves, if we are in that role. And really, conflict is not to be feared. A conversation where two people don't agree, you can agree to disagree. It's okay to have a different opinion than the person next to you or to your mother or father, children, spouse or partner. In fact, I would say it's kind of important a lot of the time to have those things. Then we have shared emotions. So what this might mean is that I think sometimes people believe that if they're very empathetic, that they're an empath, that that means that they feel other people's emotions. And we don't need to take upon us anybody else's emotions, but our own. That does not mean that we aren't empathetic. That does not mean that we aren't there for other people and a good listener. What that means is that we can allow other people to own their emotions. That means, you know, empathy means that you can get down on the floor with the other person if that was where they are and be with them, listen to them, be with them. It does not require a person to take upon themselves someone else's emotions. If someone else is happy and you're unhappy at that moment, that's okay. That's life. That's being human. So how do we get to the point in our lives where we can acknowledge and meet our own needs and wants and not feel guilty about it, not feel bad about it, not feel that we are doing something wrong? This is something that I have worked on a lot. Um, and I hope that if you're listening to this and it's something that you still struggle with, that you will take the time to reflect on that. But if we are constantly putting others first, we are losing a part of ourselves in that process. When they say on an airplane that you need to put your own oxygen mask on before you put on a child's, there's a reason for that. It isn't a random thing. Because if you are unable to care for yourself, i.e. don't have your oxygen mask on, you are likely unable to care for somebody else your child. So what does that look like? Well, for me, it looked like learning what self care was. It was a word I had never really come across until I went to school, graduate school, to become a therapist. And this idea of 
not feeling guilty about putting your own needs first and taking care of yourself was very much a foreign concept to me and something that I have completely embraced and find it such a huge component of my own well-being and also I I believe the well-being of those around me. So if I'm not taking time for myself and taking care of myself and I'm feeling frustrated or burnt out or resentment for taking care of everybody else, well, that's going to affect not only myself, but how I interact with others and my relationship to others. And how much better would it be if I take time for myself to do little things that care for me? And that's going to look different from person to person. But how important is that? I have found that to be hugely important and something that I had to really kind of separate from what society teaches us and a lot of what I had learned growing up or at least how I had internalized what I had learned growing up was that you didn't say no and that you took care of others and served others. And while I think there's great things that come from serving others, I'm a therapist, so I think you can maybe see that that's something still important to me, but not at the cost of myself, not at the cost of my own health, not at the cost of me being resentful to others. For me saying yes to something that I didn't want to do, I no longer allow myself to have others control what I do or say or think. I am my own person. I think for myself. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for self-care in my life and the way that it has allowed me to be a better person for myself and a better person for others. And it shows in taking that time for yourself, it shows that you value who you are. It shows that you know that you're important, that you're worth that time and energy. And I I so value that. I value the fact that others can look also and hopefully mirror that or I'm modeling for my children and others the importance of liking yourself and loving yourself and putting your own needs in a place that's appropriate where you take care of them. My hope in listening to this today is that you will really explore your own lives, your own relationships, and really do some introspection around your boundaries, around enmeshment or codependency, around self-care, and around confrontation or communication. Such important things and areas for us to be able to grow in our own lives and become better people. And what better way to do that than through our own work and modeling these things for those around us. It's really hard to say it's important to take care of yourself or to set boundaries or to be differentiated if those are things that you are unable to do yourself. And I think one of the greatest things that happened for me in my journey to become a therapist and the schooling and classes that I took was this ability and opportunity really to look at myself, to look at 
the decisions that I had made up to this point to really do a lot of work of my own. Not only a great opportunity of growth for myself, but I feel like it has affected those around me in positive ways and that it is what allows me to be a better therapist. It is what gives me the opportunity to connect and grow while still helping others. And for that, I'm so grateful. And I hope that you will take some of the things that I said today and be able to reflect on them yourselves to help you be a better you for yourself, your family, and those around you. Thanks for joining me on Authentic Elizabeth. My website is elizabettherapy.com. And remember that together we can do hard things one step and one day at a time.